0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode... 298 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron, and I'm so glad that you are here with me today as we are talking to Sericia Glass, who was so fun to talk to. We talk about things like K-dramas and writing by hand and the editing that can happen when we are entering what we have written by hand into the computer, and also just charmingly about bringing out the inner geek in ourselves and letting other people see it in our work. Um, I just really loved this conversation. So that is coming up soon. What has been going on around here? I finished the revision of complete. I did it. I completed complete. I went through what that looks like is, you know, I had the big plan for pulling apart the book and putting it back together. And I had the, the smaller ideas of how to fix certain chapters and scenes. And then on the micro level, I did a lot of sentence um, changes and just making the language tighter and better. And I'm just so thrilled with it. I am right now. I did that yesterday. I finished the revision yesterday and today I'm doing... something that I like to do, which is just like another read through before I send it off to my agent to let her have a chance with it before I sell, publish it. I'm going to let her have it see if she can sell it for big money, not, not media money, big money. Um, and if she can't, I will sell, publish it. But before I send it to her, I'm doing this, this sweep through and I do it really quickly. Uh, sometimes I do it on my Kindle, but I'd already done that for the last version. So this one, I'm just looking at it in pro writing aid. I'm using pro writing aid to actually, um, edit it within Scrivener, which I really like to do. And also it gives, it looks different in pro ProWritingAid. So I'm seeing the words a little bit differently, but I'm reading quickly, fixing small things. This is a small thing, uh, fix round. And I managed to read half of it today and I'll read the second half of it tomorrow and um, do those small changes. And <laughs> if you're looking at me on screen, there's a, a hair somewhere falling on my face and it's driving me crazy. Um, and then I will send it away. And the thing I'm really feeling about this is it's good. It's hanging together beautifully. It is the, it is what I wanted it to be. It has bloomed into what I wanted this book to be. And of course, it looks very different from anything I really knew I wanted it to be because that's what books do. But this is better than I could have dreamed. And I'm really proud of it. And these moments don't always happen that often. And oftentimes you are as proud as you've ever been of a book. And then, you know, you get your copy edits back and you realize, again, you don't know how a comma works. So your confidence runs away. But right now I am enjoying this gorgeous, confident pride that I am feeling about this particular book. And it's glorious. I am. I'm loving every second of it. so. Next week, I'm going to be jumping back into the book I'm calling Seven Miracles, and I'm about twenty five thousand words into it. I think it's a it's a women's fiction novel with magical realism, perhaps paranormal elements. I haven't decided how far I'm going to lean, and just a little something I wanted to talk about is that it's been giving me fits. I have been thinking about this book for probably almost a year now, and started to write it. Uh oh, I started to write it when complete was at the editor. So I had a couple of weeks, to, three, three or four weeks to write it um, while she had it. And then I had to stop. So that was the first time I'd, I'd committed words to the page it was while my editor had the memoir. And since then, I've been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of ruminating and a lot of planning what I want this book to be. I realized i did not even have a big enough want for my main character. Um, I needed to fix that. I've just been doing a lot of thinking and all this thinking is getting me confused. I do a lot of writing about it in my morning pages, Uh, but it's been feeling a little bit overwhelming. So where I'm going with this is I am a patron of Becca Syme. And you all know how I feel about Becca. If you if you do not feel the same way that I do about Becca, you should go back in my archives and listen to the interview that I did with Becca Syme, because she talks about the Clifton strengths as they apply to writers. And she seriously, literally changed my life in the way I do my work and the way I am able to get things done. I absolutely love her. And I, I am a patron of hers at the level where I get mini coaching. Every month. And what that looks like is you get to hang out with one of our coaches and you get to choose which coach. And there are six or seven of you in the group and everybody gets 10 or 15 minutes to talk about what's on their mind at that moment, like these little mini hot seats. So you get a little, you get 10 minutes of attention, but you're also learning from everybody else and what the coach is saying to those people. So yesterday I went in with a clear mind and I love Ellie Uh, Ellie is a fantastic coach. And I said to Ellie, please treat me like I have never heard of strengths before. Why am I having such a hard time thinking about this book? Also, I'm under deadline for it. I don't need to do the thing I've done so many times in the past, which is write 50 or 75 or 90,000 words of a book and then realize I went the wrong way and I need to revise the whole thing. That happens. It's fine when it does, but I really I'd prefer to do a little bit less of that, a little bit more thinking up front um, while continuing to adhere very strictly to my belief that the best first draft is a fast first draft. So that will be coming out quickly. But I'd like to have some, a few decisions made about what the book is going to do. And she, was, she blew my mind. She looked at my um, top uh, strengths and she said that a lot of them are reactive, including input, which is my number one, intellection, which is my number two, strategic, which is my number four, futuristic, which is my number five. Uh, she said sometimes connectedness, connectedness, developer, which is my number nine. Um, those are reactive strengths. And I said, What? What, is it? what does that mean? What does that mean? She says, You need to write things out and make decisions while you're looking at what you have. So she asked me, she said, do you know how this book ends? And I said, oh my God, for once, I do. I have a concept of how this book will end. I know the dark moment. I know what I want this character to learn. And she said, well, have you written that down anywhere? And I said, what, what? No, I have not. It's all up in my head. And she said that with these particular strengths that I have, and apparently a lot of the strengths are reactive, I have to be able to look at it and react to it in order to know what I'm thinking. And this made so much sense when I considered the way that I do revision. When I do revision, I have a major plan of action and then I break it down into post-its and little post-its. But the thing that I do before I start on any day of revision, I read over all the post-its, even if the post-it deals with something that happens at the end of the book and I'm at the beginning of the book, it still is useful for me to read over all the post-its every single day, even if there's a hundred of them. So that I'm kind of holding the whole book in my head and all of the plans that I have for solutions. And daily, I am reacting to something I'm seeing on the page. And perhaps that is why revision is such a joy for me is I, I accidentally harnessed that power of capturing ideas, putting them in a simple, easy place to see and react to them. And what she was saying is you put down the idea, the concept, or the scene idea, or the character arc motion, you put it down, you look at it, you then react to it by making a decision about what you're going to do with that thing, and then you move forward, the making a decision and moving forward while I've been stewing on this book has not been happening because I, I go around and around in circles. I have an idea and it's a great idea. Oh, but what about that other idea? And what if, what are the permutations if I take this idea forward? Um, will I have to go back and, oh, what about the other idea? Okay, I've forgotten about what I was thinking two days ago when I had the best idea because I'm not putting them on paper and making a decision and moving forward. And she made this lovely point that once you make a decision about something in your book, then you've made a decision. And if you get another great idea, you are not holding that idea up to all of the other ideas that have spun around in your mind about this particular question in your book. You are holding up the new idea to the idea that you made a decision about. You're holding it up to the decision. So it's an either or question. It's not a new idea versus all the old ideas you've ever had. It's a new idea versus the idea that you decided to do. And you just decide which is best. You make another decision and you move forward. Maybe you're going to stick with the decision you already made. Maybe you're going to use this new idea, but then you move forward. And having that clearly delineated somewhere, I don't know, it sounds gorgeous. It sounds like it might work. I don't know how I'm going to do it, I don't know how I'm going to implement this idea. I probably won't get to it till next week when I am back on the page. And I I do want to do some plotting before I jump right back into drafting Um, because I've had some new great ideas and I want to catch them and make decisions about them and then move forward. And that is how we write books. We have to make decisions. And by making decisions, we're always cutting out a million other great decisions that would make a different book, and that is painful. That's always hard to do, um, but I will keep you posted on how I do this. I think I'm just going to lean on a Google spreadsheet and capture all of my ideas in one spot. One of the things that is difficult for me right now is that I have been thinking about and writing about this book for a, for almost a year. In morning pages everywhere. And I also have a notebook for the project. I also have note cards for this project, which are dumb because I don't even know why I always want to use note cards and they do not work for me. And I also have my Scrivener files. So that's that's four places where I have ideas and I need to bring every single idea for plot and character and theme and, and everything. I need to put them into one place. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a color version Google spreadsheet. With, it's going to be either awesome or really ugly. I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm excited about having one place that I can open every morning before I sit down to draft and remind myself what I'm doing and allow my brain to react to being reminded what I am doing because I'm a bear of very little brain. I need to be reminded of everything all the time. Uh, that is why I use alarms for every single thing in my life that is why i take my adhd medicine now um i need to do the things that help me get stuff done and this is kind of blowing my mind i am a reactive writer i i oh gosh now that i say that i have heard becca say that and i didn't understand what she meant now that i think about that hmm so becca i apologize or maybe I knew it back then and I forgot, but I don't. I don't think so. And if I have confused you about any of this, please go check out Becca Syme. I love being part of her Patreon. You get so much information. Um, she has a write-in, that, like a daily office hours. I think I never use them, but they're there. Uh, you get deals on her classes. I'm not an affiliate in any way. I'm just in love with the woman and everything she does. So do go check her out. Right, the Better Faster Academy. Or just Becca Syme, S Y M E. Check that out. In the meantime, I will keep you posted on getting my memoir off my desk and getting back into the fiction, which I can't wait to do. Because you know what, as a memoirist, I really am solipsistically my one of my favorite things to write about. And that sounds horrible. I am not a narcissist because I care too much about what everyone else thinks and how they're feeling about me and everything that they have on their plate. So that's safe, but I am embarrassed that I do like to write about myself, but I am so sick of myself. I am desperately sick of writing about myself and I cannot wait to get back into making stuff up, so um, that's going to be wonderful. Uh, all right, let me give you Ceresia's bio, and then let's jump into this fantastic interview, which you will enjoy. Ceresia Glass is an award-winning author of romance and urban fantasy. She lives south of Atlanta with her husband, son, two attack poodles, and a bulldozer of a cane Corso. When not writing, she likes to co- collect purple things, jewelry, and spends way too much time watching K-dramas and anime. The Love Con is her most recent release and is a library journal pick. Please enjoy the interview, y'all. Do you wonder why you're not getting your creative work done? Do you make a plan to write and then fail to follow through again? Well, my sweet friend, maybe you'd get a lot out of my Patreon. Each month I write an essay on living your creative life as a creative person which is way different than living as a person who binges Netflix 20 hours a week, and I have lived both of those ways, so I know. You can get each essay and access to the whole back catalog of them for just a dollar a month, which is an amount that really, truly helps support me at this here writing desk. If you pledge at the $3 level, you'll get motivating texts from me that you can respond to, And if you pledge at the $5 a month level, you get to ask me questions about your creative life that I'll answer in the mini episodes. So basically, I'm your mini coach. Go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L to get these perks and more. And thank you so much. Well, welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Would you mind telling us your name and
1: your pronouns? Sure, my name is Ceresia Glass and my pronouns are she and
0: her. Ceresia, you are prolific. You get a lot of books done. Um, uh, The Love Con is just your most recent book and I love that it is a library journal pick. Congratulations, that is so freaking cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Most people I, listen um, to the show rather than watch the audio but if anybody watch or the other way listens to the show rather than watching the video but if anybody was listening your smile just got so big when I said <laughs> library turtle
1: pick. I'm just so excited with the the reception that this book has had. It's just been amazing. And it's the first time in my career that I've had this kind of buzz. So I'm just thrilled to pieces. (laughs) Oh,
0: it's so good. Well, let's talk a little bit about your journey Um, because you are like, I am a hybrid author. Mm -hmm. Uh, This wasn't on the list of questions that I was going to ask you, but what has been your experience of moving between self-publishing and trad publishing?
1: Um. It's been more freeing on the indie side because you know you can you can have this idea and it's like a totally wild or off the wall idea and you can write it and publish it in indie versus having to go through the cycle of the publishers telling you no or yeah. this doesn't fit or yeah. we're not doing that or that's that genre is subgenre is dead all that kind of stuff so yes so I really like being able to. Um, indulge those creative you know one-offs or an offshoot series
0: or something like that so it's really great i enjoy that for exactly the same reason the the freedom to do what you want but it's also fun to go trad with some things um how long did it take this book to get through the trad system
1: Well, um, I already was contracted with Berkeley, so they had the right of first refusal on my next work. Um, So um, summer of 2019, um, I was at a Berkeley reception in New York uh, because I was there for a convention and kind of told them about the book and they're like, yeah, we'd love to see that. So I told my agent and sent her the uh the synopsis in the first three and by september they they liked it so july to september was basically the turnaround so who who was your editor at berkeley my editor is i oh don't do this christine schwartz (laughs) sorry i was like she's gonna kick me
0: It's on, it's on the spot. I was wondering if I knew her, but I do not. That is awesome. So wh- where and how do you get all this work done? This is what I love to talk about on this, this podcast. Where does it fit into your life?
1: Oh my Lord. It, it's kind of <laughs> tough because I still have a day job and my day job is actually writing. I write training materials oh. and develop oh no. web-based training. So, oh. you know, so technical That's writing hard. with a little creativeness And then, yeah, it it really is. And then I try to have like this transition period about two hours between the day job and the evening writing job. So, you know, dinner, feed the dogs, play a couple of games. Maybe I crush candy too much, you know. (laughs) Um, And so then, so my writing is technically, it's usually between eight and midnight. So because I work from home. it makes it easy to, you know, get my full eight hours of sleep and start my day sometimes just in my pajamas.
0: (laughs) I love that you say it makes it easy. It's never, it's never easy. And I want to mention I'm reading this book slowly. I'm reading it bits and pieces called, um, so God, super, super bestest super I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Super, super better. Um, and it talks about the candy crushing and those kind of games and how good they are for us to the point where I'm considering putting one on my phone. Because oh, okay. it is. Well, if they're really... good for me, then
1: I will there you leave go. It on my phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's a place to get into flow and really to allow the brain to like relax and repair itself. So good job, you. Well okay. done. So have you always been a night out?
1: Yes. So that's my preferred for some reason my brain just seems to work better and is more creative at night. Don't know why that is. I mean, even today, I was off today because I started my vacation early. And so I had all day, right. To get some words down. No, it didn't happen. I did laundry. I fed the dogs. I refilled the bird feeders, you know, everything except put my butt in my chair. So yes, but now that the sun's down here where I am, yes, I'm going to get my writing jag in my eight to midnight.
0: I I love that you say that because so many people say, oh, I'm a morning writer. Everybody's got to be a morning writer. Everybody doesn't have to be a morning writer. You write when it works for you.
1: I know some people who get up at 4am or do 5am sprints. I am not that person. I, you know, if I'm up at 5am, it is because a dog needs to go outside. That's pretty much why I'm up at 5am or maybe there's some kind of emergency and I got to get out the house maybe then, but you know, otherwise, yeah, I'm turning over for the fifth time at 5am.
0: <laughs> As you should be. That's excellent. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Uh, Well, my biggest challenge, I would say, is um, even though I have that four hour block, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm writing that entire four hour block. So there's some pressure there. Um, But uh, there's also the fact that I'm a pantser. So I I am. Yes, I am in awe of people who can take their synopsis, break it down into chapters, break those chapters down into scenes and, and be able to write to that breakdown.
0: Mm-mm. That's. <laughs> I can't do it either.
1: Yes. I'm in awe of them in that technical side of their brain that can make their creative side work like that. But no, I can't. Um, but I, I don't wait for the, you know, the muse to whisper in my ear and something. Here's a great idea. I don't do that, but I, I so I do start writing. I kind of know, you know, I know the, the, what's going to happen, the major turning points that, of the three act structure, mm-hmm. but um the different scenes and who's going to be in who, what scene and whose POV it's going to be in. I don't know until I start writing that. Um, and so the characters kind of tell me, you know, how to write them, what to say, what they want to say, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, but, you know, I still kind of put my will on them. I can't say that I just listened to the voices in my head because if I did, then maybe I would be even more prolific, uh, <laughs> but it would probably be very avant-garde <laughs> instead of, you know, Yeah. Then we're like, Oh, somebody needs to call somebody for her. You know, it's not like that. So um, yeah. So So a lot of
0: people, a lot of people sit down with a word goal in mind and other people sit down with a time goal. And some people like me, I kind of have both. A lot of times I'll, I'll want to get like 2000 words in a three hour window, Mm -hmm. whichever comes first. Do you do something like that?
1: Well, I have a minimum word count and people are going to laugh at me because my minimum word count is very low. It's basically a page. I feel Great. like because That's I fantastic. have to reward myself with the little bits and not, yeah. and that way I don't feel the pressure to do, um, you know, major word counts. So, um, I give myself a low word count of 250 words, basically I a page. That. And when I hit that, I give myself a gold star on my sticker. If I exceed that, then it's a different color star. So. I got my gold stars right
0: here. I got it. Okay, I got a big yeah. a big gold star there for doing something big last week. Yes. So yes. Yeah, they so motivate. November,
1: yes. I really love it. Um yeah. So here's here's an example oh, of mine. So gorgeous. So yeah. So people so, who
0: are listening, this was actually on a calendar kind of page. And Ceresia has stars on the dates themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yes. And then I, I write the word count so I know how much I wrote them that month or which nights are seem to be my more productive nights. And that way I can kind of track it and make sure that, oh, historically, this is a good writing night. So let me settle in, put my PJs on my onesie because I love my onesies, especially now that it's getting cold and, you know, beverage of choice. And I just get started. Oh, that sounds wonderful.
0: What is your what is your primary beverage of choice? or your favorite, yeah, right. let's say favorite.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, um, because I have some dietary restrictions, I'm doing keto. Um, mm. so all of the wines that I used to love, I can't do those anymore. So I, I, I miss my Moscato, the Rose, all of those things. Um, and then, uh, so I'm doing teas, Basically, a lot of herbal teas and uh, decaf coffee, which I know doesn't seem intuitive for having late night writing jacks. But um, it actually is now it's kind of like a, a it's not subliminal, but, you know, there's, it's kind of like I'm tricking myself thinking yeah. that I am being caffeinated, even though I'm
0: not. I, so I love that. I yeah. love that because I always kind of feel like it's psychosomatic anyway. I'm, I'm imagining it. That is so smart. And then you can lay down at midnight and have your eight hours of sleep. Exactly. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing?
1: Again, it's the same. It's same as my <laughs> my pain point being a dancer, because um, sometimes when I get stuck, I will break out my notepad and I've got one right here and I'll write longhand. And when I do that, it feels like the characters in the scene just flows a lot better because, you know, it kind of takes me back to grade school when we Mm -hmm. had to write our reports and we didn't have computers back when I was in grade school. Not going to tell you how long ago that was. Probably that when I was. Yeah, (laughs) I understand. Right. So it's it's the way that we grew up to write our papers and stuff to get turn in for homework and stuff so for me it's very freeing because I don't have the little squiggly red lines under my text yeah because of my day job when I'm typing into a document it's got to be perfect it's got to be right so trying to do that and be creative and get into a flow where I'm not having to make it perfect yes it's hard for me to do that um you know in my uh word processing system because your editor
0: brain is so used to being on all day during the day because it's got to edit everything you write as you go which is not how we do it in a first draft
1: exactly so i it's you know um it's a flow of consciousness kind of thing where i can just just write and i don't have to worry about the editor i don't have to worry about does this it, did I spell this word right? Mm-hmm. Does the sentence make sense? I can just keep on moving. If that sentence doesn't make sense, I will go on to the next sentence. And then when I type it in, I'll usually, I'll clean it up and I'll usually add like 500, 600 words while I'm doing that. So
0: it works for me. So I'm happy. Process. That's a, that's a gorgeous process. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it exactly like that. Um, writing first longhand and then putting it in and editing and adding to it. Um, as a pantser, always looking for new processes. I might try that one myself <laughs> for the next book. Can, speaking of tips that you're sharing with us, can you share a craft tip of any sort with us?
1: Well, let's see, a good craft tip. Um, well, something that I would say that's good to do that I don't necessarily do because I write very tight to deadlines in my uh, traditional publishing life Um, let your story marinate for a bit before you go in and do the revisions so that way you can go in with um, like a clear mind and you can you can um, focus in on whether the flow is going well or whether there's something that you explained in your head but you didn't explain on the page Um, and of course just reading it through especially the dialogue because you know if you're writing a contemporary, people don't talk in complete sentences a lot. They don't, uh, they use contractions a lot. So if Mm -hmm. your words, if the dialogue that your characters are saying is like full formal English or whatever language, then it's going to come across as being stilted. And you want people to be able to relate to your characters and understand them and, and, and root for them. And I think making them See now, if this is an English professor or somebody like that, that'd be different. But uh, if you're writing regular folk, you know, yeah, they say you know a lot, <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. So it's just, yeah. So I think that that is one of the most important things. Um, you know, Word has a thing where it can read back to you. There's a lot of other programs that can do that for you. So when you are listening to it, then you can hear what your characters would sound like, and I think that that can help you tighten their way of speech their mannerisms and stuff like that and you make them more real I think so I think that's one of the best things that you could do
0: I I love that um and you also sound like me and I'm always running up against the deadline like sometimes to the hour so I don't <laughs> so so what what I what do you actually end up having as a turnaround between you know draft one and cleaning that up <laughs> like minutes <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, me
1: too. Um, Oh, my poor Christine, I tell you, um, she's a sweetheart, and I'm so glad that she puts (laughs) up with me the way she does. Because if my deadline is February 28th, um, I send it in at 1201, February 29th, because I'm like, she's not going to read it till the morning anyway. So let me just keep this. Let me have one more night with this, and then I'll get it to her, and it'll be. In her inbox first thing in the morning. Were those
0: Friday deadlines? We did
1: the first time. Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, those Friday deadlines they give us, it's never going right? in before Monday. Because I know you're yep. not, I wouldn't send it in until Friday night. I know you're not going to work mm-hmm. on it. On, I mean, I, I always do clear that with them first, but yeah. Yes. Oh, no. And then I'm working right. all weekend, so they don't have to.
1: <laughs> right. So to me, Friday night means Monday morning. It's Absolutely. Just, I, she just comes to expect that from me. Bless her heart. I know I need to send her a gift or something. <laughs> You know, maybe some extra money or a, a caffeine fun, maybe a bottle of wine. That would probably be good. She'd probably appreciate the wine because, you know, um, I she's a great editor. And this, my recent book, The Love Con is all the better because of how she um, worked her editing magic and
0: oh, I love that. let
1: me revise it. So
0: yes. Uh, what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way?
1: Hmm, that is a good question. Um, well, actually, um, one thing, especially with the this new series that I'm doing, well, I'm going to call it a series, even though one book is out, um, is I'm a nerd and I like to do nerdy things. So now I get to write about the nerdy things that I love and yes. I'm like really happy about that because... I really love it and I just kind of want to share it. And it's like, you know, even if I'm on the fringes of some things, I mean, I love anime, I love cosplay, I love going to the Renaissance Festival, all of that stuff. Um, K-dramas, I've watched too many K-dramas and that's kind of how my deadlines slip a little bit. But, um, so I try to use that as a reward system, the K-dramas, I'll just watch one scene and then an episode and then I'll go back to writing. Um, But yeah, so being able to write about some of the geeky, nerdy things that I enjoy doing and kind of bringing those out to the mainstream who may have not heard of it or done it, I think that that's fun. So yes, my Dragon Con habit is finally paying off for me.
0: (laughs) Again, your face just lights up when you talk about this. That's wonderful. Um, What is the best book that you read recently and why did you love it?
1: Um, Actually, I like the series that Farrah Sean is doing. So the oh, dating so playbook is the is the last, it's the newest one in that. Well, and the reason I yet. like it um, is because the friendship of these three women who found out that they were dating the same guy and it created an Instagram moment, a social media firestorm. Um, <laughs> their friendship is so you can tell that they're girlfriends, and that they they love getting together and shooting the shit. Can I say that? Yes, shooting in the can. breeze, <laughs> <laughs> and and just having a good time. They they bonded over this this incident, and they became good friends, best friends. And they're all um, living their lives and achieving their goals in different ways. And there's in the dating playbook, uh, the characters kind of struggling a little bit financially. She's sitting there at this risky restaurant calculating how much what she's going to be able to afford to pay uh, or not pay just so that she can have this dinner with her friends who are more successful than she is but she's not letting that be like a detriment to her she's just trying to make her thing work and I just like the way that they support each other um through this story and their um they're wisecracking, they're sarcastic, but they are down for each other. And I just think that the way that she's portraying this friendship between Ethereum and them is just awesome. And then Uh, of course, you know, the guys that (laughs) come into their lives are always super cool and and neat lessons learned themselves. So I think her her series is just great. So
0: I like her heroes because they are hot and wisecracking at the yeah. same time yes exactly <laughs> um l- let's go into now tell us please about the love con um speaking of nerdy things <laughs> please tell us about this book
1: well the love con is set around a fake reality uh show competition about cosplay Yeah. so the contestants on the show have to make uh, whatever theme of the week it is have to make costumes according to that theme so um in in the sto- at the opening of the story, Kenya does this. The theme was mashup, so Kenya has done this uh, Dora Milaje explorer costume mashup. So um, she and with it, she's made it into the final round. Well, the final round, unfortunately, is them going back home and doing an iconic duo's cosplay with their significant other or partner or whoever. And she's single. <laughs> at the moment so she doesn't want to get instantly disqualified so basically um she blurts out her best friend's name cameron lassiter and says that he is you know her partner when it comes to cosplay and her partner in life she just kind of insinuates that and they're like okay cool then we're gonna send a camera crew back home with you and follow you in your love interest as you you know make the magic happen so of course she's got to like convince her best friend and roommate to uh, go along with her scheme, which he does. And, you know, he's excited about it because cosplaying her boyfriend is what he's always wanted to do in real life anyway. So as they're doing these um, PDAs for the camera, it starts to get really real. And, you know, their friendship, I think, just really shines through in the book. You can see how how they have supported each other um, ever since high school Um, And I just really love how they interact with each other and how they continue. How the friendship organically grows into something more, where they realize they love each other, and now they're in love with each other. But oh my God, what are we gonna do about this now that we're in love with each other? Because people, of course, are doubting them. There's people who are yeah. cheering them on, and like it's about damn time. And then there's other people who, you know, like the production crew, are trying to catch them out in this lie because it's just really convenient that you know your your best friend turns into your uh, boyfriend. <laughs> and of course, they have to film at the uh, at the apartment because you know the other couple is filming at their house. So they have to share bedrooms, share one bed. Cause you know, I, I love tropes and the more tropes I can throw in. So this Friend is, this is, a trope is so
0: delicious. Right? It's, Plus so it's, it's a kind of like track marriage of convenience in a way.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just really like it. And I
1: like the way that, uh, so they have, you know, doubts and in things that they have to overcome to get to their happily ever after. And I think the H.E.A. that they have works for them. So Mm -hmm. it's really good. So it won't spoil the ending of the reality show competition, but um, they're happy with how things turn out.
0: Why is this not a show I can watch? Like, why is it also, like somebody needs to take the idea from your book and probably pay you for it and then create a show. Because okay, I want well, to, watch I'm burning that.
1: candles and incense and saying prayers to,
0: to Shondaland or Netflix or whoever
1: would like to <laughs> yes. get it, you know.
0: Shondaland um, would oh, that would be so. Uh, Shondaland had Shondaland. one of my books for like ten minutes, and they were thinking about oh. it for ten minutes, and I was I was over the moon for those right, two days or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, so I will start burning the same <laughs> incense.
1: Right, I'm across every digit I have because
0: <laughs> that Where would be can- lovely. He- Where can we find you and everything that you're up to?
1: Um, On social media, um, I'm at Ceresia on Twitter, where I'm pretty active. Um, Facebook is author Ceresia Glass. I am on Instagram. I'm getting better at pictures and putting myself in pictures because usually I'll just take pictures of stuff or my dogs and put it (laughs) out there. Uh, Instagram is at Ceresia Glass and my website is ceresiaglass.com.
0: Thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a delight to talk to you. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?